What's up, guys? My name is Barn Saunders, and you're listening to the Sunday Recovery Podcast. Thanks for tuning in today, guys. And on this podcast, we will be talking about recovery in the broadest, most general sense possible. Recovery is so much more than just getting over something. Whether that be drugs, loss, physical injury, or mental health, the principles of recovery can be applied to all areas of life. And in this podcast, we're going to be focusing on everything and anything that can cause struggles in life or cause great success in life, and how to navigate through the good and the bad times, as well as getting on the path of recovery from any and all setbacks or choices that may have led you down the wrong path. Another thing I want to emphasize is recovery is a constant progression forward. And what that means is recovery doesn't ever end. You can recover from something and then always fall right back to where you were. That's why in recovery, and especially here on the Sunday Recovery Podcast, you won't hear us talk about how to recover and be finished. Recovery is always pushing forward and striving for betterment, even when the original reason for starting recovery is no longer a factor in your daily life. And we're live. We're live. We're yes, on. sir. Yes, sir. Thanks yeah. for coming in, Anthony. Absolutely, man. Really That's appreciate good. it, man. Definitely been a long time coming for this. Yeah, one, I appreciate. So. I appreciate the invite, man. Of course, man. Of course. And I uh, want to give a huge shout out to everyone who tuned in this week. Thanks for listening, guys. This week we got a very special guest. Uh, this is a guy I really look up to. He's been a solid part of my recovery. This guy's got a lot of wisdom, and uh, more than anything. You know, he helps me humble myself, <laughs> which I need, man, which I need. So, yeah, man, I'd love for you to share a little bit of your story, go in as much detail as you want, but love to get some experience, strength, and hope. Oh, man, that's hot, man. I appreciate that, man. First, man, thanks for having me, bro. Absolutely. Thanks man. for having me, man. You know, my issue, man, right now is that I got to be careful because anytime I get invited to talk about addiction and recovery, man, or anything related to recovery, man, I'm all in, man. I love it. I love it, man. So, you know, 13 days, one month, and 16 years in, man. You know, um, I love hanging about, hanging out, man. Talking about this stuff, man. So, so where we want to start, man? Where you want to go with this, man? Man, where you know, wherever you want to start. Wherever I'm taking it, man. Start it from, uh, you know, take it, take it from the top of the story. Let's take it from the top, man. You know, first I was a late bloomer, though. You know, oh really? Oh, I was the ultimate backwards hustler, man. I waited <laughs> bars until I got a, a college degree. Man. I'm I'm out of college for two years. This is before I started indulging in anything, right? Before I picked up anything, you know. And the thing I like talking about, man, when I'm talking about you know my recovery journey, man, is, um, you know how, um, so much of it, man, so much of it had very little to do in the beginning with the drug thing mm. right you know um you know we talk about things like um you know i uh i suffered from the disease of addiction long before i picked up or whatever and i used to think you know it was all about the drug thing that's the only thing that made me an addict right and so as i as i kind of looked into this thing man and as i went on i started taking a look at the stuff, man, that I was doing prior to beginning to use at 24 years old, going on 25 years old, mm. right? And I started taking a look at that stuff, right? 
And amazingly enough, man, I found out, man, that I had, um, I had some, as, as, as we like to say, man, some addictive personality, man, yeah. long before any drugs came up in my life, man. You know, because I can remember, man, um, at 14 years old, right? I can remember wanting to make my high school football team so bad. I'm this skinny little running back, right? And, and, and I came from a pretty, pretty, um, let's just say, prestigious junior high school that filtered into the big high school, man. And everybody on that junior high school team, we had a little championship junior high school team. Everybody on that team was supposed to be, you know, making the high school football team. Right, right. But me, right? And I tell that part of my story, Barnes, because, you know, um, digging into this thing, man, I started to look at where did my first, my first real relevant bout with obsession take place? And this is the summer of 1974, going into me being a sophomore in high school, I wanted to make that team so bad. Right, because everybody said, "Okay, you too little, man. It's the big high school. You, 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 you too small, man, to play with the big boys like that." And I was pretty decent as a little junior high schooler, right? Barnes. Now remember, we're fourteen years old. I ain't want to mess with no girls. I ain't want to hang out with my with my boys no more. Every single day, man, I worked out twice a day, leading up, man, to the fall to try to make that team that summer. Right? Everything that I did, man, everything from what I ate, because I was skinny, I was trying to gain weight. My mother's always trying to get me these drinks, you know what I'm saying? These these milkshake drinks to put weight on me and all of that. You know, it only worked a little bit, but it made no difference to me because the thought of not making that team never crossed my mind. Obsession at its finest, dude. Mm. And it's fun, like like my boys, because I grew up, it was a, like a group of about six of us, right? Everybody, you know what I'm saying? We, everybody the big man on campus at your little school. We went to different right. schools. Everybody with your little letter jackets and all of that, right? And I didn't want to hang with them, right? I'm talking about some naturally gifted dudes, man, and everything, man, that I got in terms of athletics, I had to work really hard for. And... Long story short, man, I was the only person from that junior high school team to make that high school team. And I made varsity my first year in high school, right? So I'm just talking about the obsession, the obsessive nature, man, that, yeah. that manifested itself, man, real early, right? Fast forwarding, man, you know, high school was cool, man. You know, college was even cool, you know, um, but still, no drugs. Wow. No drugs yet, yeah. right? That's only a lot different uh, from my story. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> as you know, you as see what you I'm know. saying? Yeah. And and so and so, see this is this is the thing, man, that made me dig into you know um, where did this stuff come from? Yeah. Right? Like like how did I go from being you know this promising young student athlete, right, to what they called a crackhead <laughs> right <laughs> i'm just talking about my story man you know how did how did we go from that to that mm. right and um i went through a real serious bout of depression man when i um when i got out of college i was out of college a couple of years i'm substitute teaching and eventually you know my mother was like you know you got to do something 
right? You gotta be, you, you know, what, what, what are we doing? Because I'm waiting for the phone ring, I'm thinking I got this college degree and the world's gonna be mine and the world wasn't mine and my best friend had moved down to Atlanta, he said come down and hang out and I went down to hang out with him or whatever. Long story short, man, I was going through this bout of depression, man. I was working this this temporary job, man, and some guys, man, would go out on a lunch break, man. They would smoke a little, smoke a little weed, you know what I'm saying? They come back oh. in, and I was like, wow, these dudes come back in, man, and they just seem like they ready to work and all of that, and they laughing <laughs> and they joking and right, and I'm like, well, you know, I want to laugh and get through the day too, you know what I'm saying? And so eventually, they would go out on a lunch break, man. I went out with them. On one occasion, man, the dude, um, he passed it to me, you know, and I tried it, and um, it was cool and everything, but um, long story short, I liked it way too much, dude. I liked it way too much because I was a pretty introverted, shy, only child type dude, man, you know, and uh, indulging in the herb and a little bit of beer and um, I would just run off at the mouth, man. Everything was funny. All of these insecurities and fears and all of these inhibitions, all of that stuff started to go away, man. All of that stuff started to go away. Um, long story short, this is, um, this is approximately the fall and winter of 1984. I'm 24 years old or whatever. Um, probably 25 at this time, man. This is 84 in 1987, man. Um, it had escalated to the point, man, where I needed my first introduction, man, to the recovery process, mm. right? Because this is the early 80s. This is that, 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 that crack epidemic, right, when it first hit. And um, it grabbed me, man, and just did not want to let me go. And for 20 years, I went in and out of the process of recovery trying to get this thing. And that's where I learned. I started to um, focus more on the on the the times when I wasn't using, right, and what was going on with me that made me go back to using, mm. right. You know, I would get my life together. You know what I'm saying? Stop indulging or whatever. Get my life together. Get a little place. You know what I'm saying? Get a little piece of car. Start doing well. Whatever. I'm working out again, and then I would go back to the madness. And so finally I started thinking, you know, what, 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 what's going on, man, that makes you go back to just basically tearing your life apart time and time again. And um, I had a near overdose experience, man, in um, March of 2007. And I would like to tell the, this part of my story where it's like, okay, I enough was enough you know I'm, I almost died blah 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 or whatever that's not that's not how it went how it went was I was back in the recovery process again I was in what they call drug court I was back in the recovery process again and I just I just put my best foot forward I bought all in I bought all in to all of the suggestions right and um, here we are man over 16 years later man still Buying all in, right? <laughs> you know. So, I mean, that's the start of it, man. So, um, you know, but I love it. You know, I love, I love talking about addiction and recovery. I love uh, the relationships that it's blessed me with. I love the life that it's afforded me, or whatever, man. But I would, 
I like to make sure I, I make clear the coast is never clear with this disease, mm. right? That's right. The coast, the coast is never, never clear with this, you know, disease of addiction. Um, but be all of that as it may, it's well worth the work. It really is, you know, I mean, because I literally, I literally had to be introduced to a stranger, right? You know, I'm walking around thinking that I had a pretty good idea of who I was no clue right and I'm not talking about all of that stuff in a negative bad way or whatever man I'm talking about some assets and strengths man that 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 this process helped me tap into man that really literally transformed my life not just changed it but transformed my life man. I'm sure you can identify with some of this stuff man, oh, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right I identify with so much of that stuff. yeah man. yeah you know yeah. so so um, you know bringing it fast forward to, to now man I, um, you know, as we say, man, I, I play my tape all the way out, not just, man, when um, maybe I have a dream about yesteryear or, you know, a thought or I, a smell may, you know, elicit some type of, you know, um, a distant memory or something like that. You know, I play my tape all the way out, man. And, and the reason that that helps help me is because what I see is the starting all over again. Yeah. Right. Cause I started over so many times. Well, with all of that starting over, man, you know, we're going into our 63rd year on this earth in August. I'll be 63, man. And I don't have any more start overs. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> we're not doing that anymore. You know what I'm saying? Never had to. But here's the thing. I'm, I am completely clear, man, that I, I have a disease. Don't care anything about any of that yeah. because, um, I'm not exempt. Like I said, the coast is never clear. And so I monitor my behavior, man, you know what I'm saying, as best I can every day, all day. You know, I'm not one of those men where, you know, I'm, I'm, I've bought all into the spiritual aspect of this process. That's really important to me um, because I think I have a very clear understanding of what my belief system is. Right. right? And, and, and that's why anyone else's belief system doesn't make me uncomfortable anymore simply because I'm so firm in my own belief system you know what I mean yeah, right so 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 with that again um you know I, I, I like what it's done for my life you see what I'm saying in, t in terms of again we're talking about playing the tape all the way out we're talking about understanding our triggers we're talking about understanding you know um, um, placing yourself man in compromising scenarios Right to the best of my ability, I try not to do any of that stuff, man. You know, because because long before, and, and and this is what all of that, what we call relapsing, did. It taught me so many things about how you can get tripped up, man, in this process. Right, complacency really is a big enemy, and complacency isn't just you know no longer being around recovering people, no longer reading recovery-related literature, no longer you know going to meetings. You know what I'm saying? Dismissing all of that stuff, man. Complacency can just simply being me not being vigilant in the healthy things that I indulge in in my life, not spending time with my family, isolating. I'm an only child. It's real comfortable for me to be by myself. But here's the thing, man. Um, I've been blessed with a life, man, where with children and grandchildren and a wife and a network of people, you know, and being, you know, asked to come and do stuff like this, you know, uh, it ain't a whole lot of me time, right? And I'm okay with that. I really yeah. am because it's a very different world from the one I grew up in. 
mm-hmm. you know. Um, but but I love it. I love it, man, because... Me too, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, it's different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's something going on. Out yeah, there. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's yeah, very, man. very different, man. Yeah. So, so, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested. Do you, do you have any questions, man? Yeah, man. As, um, as, as you were saying how, you know, the, talking about realizing those sort of uh, compulsive and obsessive behaviors before you even put a, mm. put a drink or a drug in your body. What, um, what brought you to, you know, finally understanding that, okay, like there is something underneath just the substances. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's, it's something that, uh, you know, you know, part of my story is, you know, when I first got clean, man, I was just trying to quit, you know, doing Zant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to quit copping Zanty bars right. that I knew were fake and right. had fentanyl in them. Mm-hmm. You know, I could clearly take a look at myself and say, all right, there's, you know, there's a serious problem with, mm-hmm. with doing, doing fentanyl, so it's going to kill me. You know, I had overdosed a bunch of times, but man, when I first came around, I, you know, it never crossed my mind that there was more to it than just doing drugs. You yeah. know, I thought that's all I needed to do. Right. Um, but this this program and, and getting into recovery is, has allowed me to come to that yeah. conclusion. Yeah. Um, that it's so much more than that. So, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of stuff, you know, people talk about having that spiritual awakening. Mm. And for me, one of my biggest spiritual awakenings was being able to get honest with myself and admit to myself that it it definitely was more than the drugs. Yeah. Um, so I want to ask what that, that process was like for you. You know, um, recognizing, man, um, that we talk about unmanageability a lot yeah. around the rooms of recovery, right? And recognizing how unmanageable I was internally, right? The outward stuff, man, was re- easy to recognize. You know, you wrecking cars, you going in and out of jail, you know right. what I'm saying? Right. You. You know, you you, you, you you stealing, you manipulating, you doing all of these ugly things, man, that society and you yourself frown upon. You're doing all of this stuff or whatever, but starting to recognize why. Right? What is it about what is it about what's going on inside me that make me that had me making these piss poor decisions for my life? And when I started t- trying to take a look at my internal unmanageability it helped me start to see some patterns Mm. right it helped me to recognize you know that um, I lacked confidence you know my esteem was very low although again when when we talk about this this process man and and, and learning a great deal about yourself we talk about sorting through some confusing and contradiction aspects of our life oh yeah right oh yeah and what was confusing man to me and a lot of people is you know, the world around me, my mother, my friends, you know, um, coaches, right, teachers or whatever, you know, they were seeing one person thinking that, okay, well, because he's doing well on weekends playing sports, right, and, you know, he's captain of the team and he's out front and all of these things and naming the paper and all of this stuff, right, that he's this confident, secure young man, and that was the complete opposite of what I was. I can relate to that so much, man. <laughs> you, I, 
you know, the way I looked to everyone else in my life, yeah. you know, was totally different yeah. than the way I actually felt. Yeah. Um, you know, everything I did in, you know, in an essence was to try and build that sort of persona, that mm -hmm. exact persona you're talking about. Yeah. Um, because I thought I was good if my parents thought I was good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. I thought I was good if my ex-girlfriend at the time thought I was good. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if my friends wanted to hang out with me, if I was doing good on the, on the lacrosse field, I was good. Um, so I spent so much time and focusing on how I look to other people. Man. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm, glad, I'm really glad you bring that up. Yeah. Man. You know it's what? It's a big part of it. Because here's the thing. The thing I love so much about the recovery process is, okay, it helped me to recognize some things. Like, for example, I was a people pleaser. But why? Why, why was it so important for me to manipulate you into being okay with me? I found out later that it was because if you felt okay with me, I felt okay with me. Mm. And so with that being the case, man, I embarked on always wanting the world around me as best I could, do what I could to make them okay with me because that made me feel okay with me because underneath it all, I wasn't. And here's the thing, I needed to know why. After being around this process, going in and out, then getting to a place, man, where I started to get some clean time and I started to really, really tap into the change process. That's what the, the steps of this process is about. It's the change, yeah. right? Because for me, recovery is all about relationships and change, mm -hmm. right? I needed to change, right? I needed to change not just, you know, my ideas and my attitude. I needed to change my perspective about things. Equally important, I needed to change the way I viewed me, mm. right? I had to stop telling myself I was one thing, right? And having a desire to be something else. Who are you really? Is what I start, you know, started trying to tap into. I wanted to know who I was, why I was making these decisions, why I felt like I felt, you know? What exactly do I feel about certain things, right? And so when I started, in answer to your question, when I started tapping into um, how unmanageable internally I was, but, you know, seemingly um, very manageable on the outside, because in recovery, I do well. I go to work on time. I go to work every day, right? I work out, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm a, I think they say I'm a pretty good person. I'm a good <laughs> husband. I'm a good father. I'm a good grandfather. I'm all of these good things, right? But here's the thing. Even, even over 16 years later, I still have to work at being okay with me, mm. right? I think I've mentioned to you before, man, my best days are days I leave me alone. Because see, yeah. in my mind, I have to, honestly, it didn't roll off so easily for me to be okay with me on a daily basis, right? I can- it's definitely I, not easy. Right, I, listen, man, I can, I can deem that the day is not a good day and I ain't got out of bed yet, right? You know, I got to take care of this. Well, I wish that. I miss my kid. I miss, you know what I'm saying? I, I wish this. I want that. I hope this. You know, I miss my mom or whatever, right? And nothing has really happened except in my head. And so these are the feelings and emotions that I'm talking about. I have to monitor on a not, not just a, a regular basis. I'm talking about an everyday, all-day basis. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, in, in my spiritual relationship, right, um, 
in my spiritual relationship, Barnes, I'm not one of those, man, I need candles or to be on my knees or any position of my body or I need to be in a certain place or whatever, you know. I'm in, listen, man, I'm in dialogue to the best of my ability. I'm in dialogue, man, with what I believe in all day, every day. I have to be, right? Because, again, you know, I fully understand the disease I suffer from, right? And it is so, so much more than worrying about whether or not I want to go smoke crack anymore, mm. right? I have no interest in that. But here's the thing. My disease knows it as well. I'm talking about my thinking, right? It knows it as well, right? And so with that, um, again, I have, to, um, I have to keep close, close tabs on me, bro. You know, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, and this isn't a doom or gloom story. I'm just talking about, man, it's my reality because, yeah. you know, you know, my relationship with reality is what spirituality is all about for me. Hmm. You know, it's my relationship with reality, not anyone else's. Right. What do I believe? See, again, the thing I love about this process and my journey so much, man, is it's gotten me in touch with understanding. No, I'm not unique. People have done some similar things, better, worse, whatever. I'm not unique or whatever, but I'm, I'm, I feel good about the fact that I have a personal relationship with what I've come to believe in, right? Yeah. Because early on in this process, all my life, you know, I had a religious foundation or whatever, but it was mama's belief system, mm. right? It wasn't my belief system. Oh, I faked the funk, you know. I was very much, <laughs> man, a chameleon. Right for a big part of my life, I you know I, I could fake the funk in being the, the the confident student athlete, right, and the good son and the good friend and all of these things or whatever. But internally, it was a raging storm, you know what I'm saying? Trying to figure things out. But this process has helped me sort through some stuff, man. So um, again, that's the long-winded answer, man, to that question <laughs> that you asked, bro. Hey, man, I'm, I'm glad you answered exactly <laughs> how you did. Yeah, yeah, man. Coming coming to that uh, that deep level of understanding with with a power greater than yourself is, you know, to me it's one of the biggest gifts that this this program of recovery has given me, man. Um, and something something I'm really interested in hearing, mm -hmm. and you know, it's something I, I still uh, have to work on on mm -hmm. a daily basis, is determining when, you know, when I'm acting on my own, or when I'm acting on the will of my higher power. Mm. You know, what's the difference between my will and my higher powers will? Mm. And, you know, how do I decipher, like you were talking about, you know, keeping tabs on yourself. Like, how do I decipher when something that I'm doing is not really aligned with what I know to be in, in spiritual principles? Yeah, you know, yeah. like when I'm acting out on something that, you know, maybe... You know, it's it's the underlying disease of addiction, man. Just like you were talking about, it mm -hmm. it works itself in ways way different from oh yeah, let me let me go smoke this, mm -hmm. let me go pop this, mm -hmm. let me go drink this. Like, you know, I'm getting ready to come up on two years, and I do still have those thoughts. But now, you know, those thoughts creep in, and oh, let me skip the gym today. Yeah. Oh, let me not make that phone call. Like, oh, you, you can push this deadline off for a little bit. You don't have to do this work right now. Yeah. Um, and I'll, I'll catch myself acting out in, in certain ways. Um, but today, man, I'm still guilty of justifying it and, you know, telling myself like, oh, you, de you deserve a break. Mm -hmm. You know, you know, you've been working so hard. Like, you know, you've been doing all these, all these things, getting so active. Like, right. you know, you could skip the gym today. Right. 
So, and you know, that's just one, one example of it, but it, it really is hard for me sometimes to determine, you know, like, and I don't think it's a straight line, you know, like this is my higher powers. Well, this is my will. Um, but there is definitely a point mm. where, uh, you know, I got to figure out, you know, what is my higher powers? Well, if yeah. that's how I want to act, if I really want to act based on uh, spiritual principles, yeah. You know, so so I guess that's my question, man. How do you determine that? I, I, you know, I like how, that. how do you determine when you're acting on your own self will? I, I, I dig that, man. I, you know, um, man, I'm dating myself. Did you hear me just say <laughs> I dig that, man? Uh, yeah, man. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> but 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 check it out, man. The reason that I love that question so much is, you know, during the times, man, when we were at our worst, when we were bumping our head in other words out there man you know finding ways and means to do what we did right we knew the times man when we weren't doing what we were supposed to be doing like 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 let's let's be clear man we're not we're not as we say we're not bad people trying to be good right we sick people trying to be well mm, right i like that yeah. because because think about it you know like even now, let's 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 keep it really really vanilla, right? On days, man, <laughs> when you know I know I need to be heading to the gym, right? And I'm saying to myself, oh man, maybe I can skip it or whatever, man. Think about this, man. We know, man, that that's not a good feeling. I know yeah. I need to go to the gym. Yeah. That's the distinction that I'm talking about, mm -hmm. right? This see, and and the reason that this excites me, this subject matter excites me because it gives me gives me an opportunity to talk about the relationship that I have with what I came to believe in. Yeah. Right. So let's be clear about this, man. When we're talking about what I personally have come to believe in, man. Um, if someone asks me, so so wait a minute. You say you talk about higher power a lot, Anthony. You know what I'm saying, and your higher power that you choose to call God. Who or what is that or whatever. Let me be clear, Barnes. What I've come to believe is a, believe in is a positive spiritual energy presence that exists in everything that is. It will use anybody at any time, any situation or any circumstance to get my attention and love me. To be clear so that you don't think that I'm making this up, it is a positive <laughs> spiritual yeah, energy man. presence that exists in everything that is. It's using you at this moment, right? Because I'm talking about, man, I am really big on energy presence. So let's get back to your question. Your question is, how are you distinguishing, Anthony, what's you and what's this power greater than you, right? I, I, when, when I'm talking about energy presence, I'm talking about you ever be in a position, man, where you think, you know what I'm saying, man, I'm, I'm forgetting something, right? Oh, I was supposed to do something, I do something, whatever. Well, you know what? The reason that we talk so much in this process about surrender, surrender, we're not talking about giving up. We're talking about just stop fighting. So here's the thing. You ever notice, man, when you stop trying to think so hard about what it is that you forgot, all of a sudden from somewhere comes, I know what I needed to do. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. a power greater than me, mm. right? Because guess what? When... And, and here's why I can distinguish the two and why I talk about it like that is because guess what? If I'm walking around, man, if I could have thought about it and remembered it on my own, why didn't I? Right. It didn't happen until I got up off of it and just said, you know what, man? All right, it'll come to me. Mm. And then out like of nowhere, that. it comes and I put in quotations nowhere because for me, I know where it came. 
You ride with me yeah, on that? I'm right there. Right? Yeah. <laughs> right? I like that. I like that a lot, man. It's, you know, it, it makes a lot of sense to me, man, because I've, uh, you know, I love this question too, man. I, I love when I get asked this question too, you know, determining the difference between, you know, what I want and what my higher power wants for me. And I love the way you broke it down like that. Um, Cause you're absolutely right, man. When I'm doing something that's not in my own best interest, you know, I know. Yeah, we, <laughs> you know, we, I, we know, I'd be lying if I said I didn't know. All right, we know. Um, you know, for for me, it really creeps up sometimes when, uh, you know, I'm I just like you said, I I love why you brought up the thing about remembering and how when you just let go, it comes to you. Mm-hmm. Um, because for me, man, I'll be trying to control a situation, and overstep, and over influence something that really is outside of my own control. Um, and the whole time, right, I, th- I think I have my best interest. Mm. And, you know, I know I have my best interest because I know what the outcome of the situation would be best for me, mm. would give me the most meaningfulness and purposefulness and, you know, build a relationship to further me in this recovery process. You know, that's that right there, that sentence alone is my spiritual higher power as well. Yeah. But what's not my higher power as well is for me to overextend myself and try to be super controlling yeah, yeah, about yeah. the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, so I like, I like explaining the difference where. Um, okay, first off, we have very, very similar understandings of oh, okay. uh, of our higher power. For me, I I like to describe it as the underlying energy force mm. of of the universe. Um, you know, of matter. Um, you know, it's not really, to me, it's not really explainable mm. because I don't have to un- explain it. Mm. Um, just how you said it can use other people, it can use other things. Um, you know, it, it works in ways that I don't have to be able to, you know, physically explain because I believe that I don't have the ability to fully explain it in words. Right. Because I'm in a, you know, I'm in a human body. Right. Um, still having a spiritual, spiritual experience. Yeah. In a human body, though. without question. But, um, but yeah, so so when I'm doing something in my life that in the moment it's fulfilling me, giving me meaning, giving me purpose, um, even if I don't want to do it, mm. even if I don't like doing it, you know, I don't like waking up early and going to work early in the morning. I wish I could start my day at three in the afternoon, mm. but when I do get up and go to work early, you know, I feel as if I have a purpose because I know I'm bettering myself. Mm. Um, and so, so that's when I know I'm, I'm acting on my higher power as well, mm. doing things that, you know, I, I may not want to do, but when I, when I actually start doing them and, and complete them, I feel that sense of purpose, like, oh, I'm, I'm getting a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it can, it can catch me off guard, right? Because I'll think that that's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when I'm in the middle of trying to control the situation, mm-hmm. And I'm getting frustrated and annoyed because things aren't going the way that I want them to go. Mm. And I'm exerting so much energy to get someone Mm. or something else to work out how I want. Mm -hmm. In that moment, man, I don't feel, you know, I don't feel meaningful. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like it's giving me a sense of purpose to try and control something else. Mm -hmm. And stepping back, just how you said, you know, letting it, letting go, turning it over, surrendering. Just stop fighting. Yeah. Um, then as, as long as I do what I need to do, mm. you know, keep my side of the street clean, mm. then all of a sudden I feel like I have more meaning and more purpose. Yeah. I, you know, I, um, and, I, and I like talking about that, um, that aspect of ourselves, man, where 
um, as we say around the rooms, right, we have a disease that's spiritual in nature. Yeah. Well, again, the thing that helped me get on my way is some of these things, man, I needed explained to me, right? That's why open-mindedness is so important to us in this process. Oh, what, yeah. do you, what do you mean my disease is spiritual in nature? Ooh, that sounded too <laughs> mystical and right, you know, what exactly is that? You know what I'm saying? But what we're talking about, what we mean, the spiritual aspect of our disease is our total self-centeredness. We want what we want when we want it. Right? Yeah. That's where the control stuff comes from. That's where I wanna do it when when I wanna do it, how I wanna do it, with whom I wanna do it. All of that stuff, man, is right um baked into the cake of this disease that we suffer from. So what happens is, is with this recovery process, when you turn that stuff upside down, man, and you start doing, and I like what you were saying, man, talking about doing what you need to do. I know I need to do this, and I know I need to keep up with my hygiene, with my physical health, right? I know I need to do things to sustain myself. I know I need to do things that helps me make healthy choices for my life, right? Doing what I need to do, not what I want to do all the time, because... Mm. We have a disease, man, again, right? We want to do what we want to do, right? I want to do how I want to do it, and not just that. I want you to do it the way I want it done, yep. right? But once you start tapping into that stuff, man, letting go of all of that control, man, a great deal of peace comes with not having to worry about having all the answers, Yeah. right? That's where that surrender piece comes in. That's why it's so important with us, man. Yeah. So, you know, um, like I said, man, I, um, I love this thing. I love this thing, man, and you know, and tapping into, you know, those aspects of self, right? That we haven't spent a lot of time exploring. You know, a lot of us know what we think and feel and stuff like that or whatever. But have you explored, you know, trying to um, um, look at things a little bit differently? Maybe just being open-minded enough to not be worrying about what it is, you know, you want to say back to a person while they're talking to you, mm -hmm. right? I'm talking about really, really not just hearing a person, but listening to them. And it's not about for me anymore, you know, whether I agree or disagree or whatever. You know, I'm, I'm in my 60s now, Barnes. And so what, what, what comes with that, particularly, man, with, with, with kids and grandkids in your life, is you find yourself a lot of times, you know, like, what is wrong with this person? Right, you know, not agreeing with what they're doing or not doing or whatever. Like, I don't understand, you know, um, some of the things that these kids value these days, like sitting in front of the television with a, a remote or whatever all day or with their phone all day and not wanting to go outside and play. I'm dating myself again, right? <laughs> the most thing that you could do, man, to punish me, man, as a kid was keep me in the house, right? So all I'm saying is, all I'm saying is, but it's not about whether or not, you know, okay, that's something I would or wouldn't do or whatever anymore. Mm -hmm. If it's not, if it's not hurting or harming, right, my loved ones or whatever, then I can get with it, you know, but um, it challenges you sometimes. Oh, yeah. It challenges <laughs> you sometimes, man, but you know, um, the world looks very different to me now. It, it really does, and um, um, what what I mean by that is um, this process, man, the 12-step process has given me um, a new set of glasses, a new set of lens to look at the world through, right? Same, we don't 
I, I don't walk around so much caught up about worrying about being, um, you know, uh, right or wrong with people, right? It's okay for us to agree to disagree, right? It's okay for us to see things differently, right? That's why, you know, going and being around, you know, um, um, such a diverse group of people that you run into, man, in this recovery process, man, um, anymore, it doesn't shake me up, right? Yeah. Because I like hearing about the different vantage points, the different perspectives or whatever. That's cool, man, right? Like I said, it's okay that we don't come from the same um, religious backgrounds, from the, we're, we're the same race, we're the same gender, we have the same sexual preference. We don't, it, none of that stuff, man, is not nearly as important as concentrating on the things that we have in common. Mm. right that's the stuff man I like tapping into right the things man that you do to stay clean one day at a time right yeah. the things that you not you know, that you do not just to stay clean but to live a fulfilling life for yourself right what makes you happy what brings you down you know what energy man do you not like being around what energy excites you these are the things man that interest me these days man Feel like I'm sounding like an old person, bro. <laughs> but, but we're gonna ride with it, man, because I am. Who hey, I man, am, you, bro. Don't, you don't sound old, man. <laughs> and even when, uh, like you say, when you date yourself, man, like, trust me, man, you don't do not look like you're in your 60s, man. We working at it, we <laughs> working at it. Doing something, man. I got I gotta figure out what diet you're on. I appreciate man. it, man. You eat a lot of uh, avocados, don't you? I, I, I do <laughs> eat avocados, but you know what it is, man. I'm in that gym, man, at least three, four times a week, yeah, right. It's really important to me. Um, I have a young wife, right? My wife is 24 years younger than I am, and so she's into yoga and you know, um, lemon water and all of these <laughs> things she put in water and making sure you stay hydrated and yeah, all of these yeah. things, man. And all of that stuff is recovery. So yeah. recovery is just, for me, not staying away from drugs, right? It's just, you know, taking better care of ourselves. Yeah. You know, um, actively participating in our recovery, you know, um, carrying this message, man, you know, seeing the light bulb go off, man, and in people's eyes um, who you run across early in this process, man, and, and you see the change in them, man, six months later, right? You see them coming up on two years later, <laughs> right? Yes, sir. It's exciting Thank stuff, you, man. man, for those of us, man, who scratch and claw to stay locked and loaded in this process, man. Yeah, man. I'm that's proud of that's you, what homie. keeps me coming back, man. It's what keeps me grounded. Um, you know, just in the short amount of time I've had, I've been able to experience that and, and witness that. Yeah. You know, and see someone come in like, hey, like, you know, introduce themselves. This is my first time in a meeting. Mm. You know, and like, boom, that was nine months ago. Mm -hmm. I got a buddy who just picked up a nine-month key tag. It's mm -hmm. beautiful, man. Mm -hmm. It's, uh, it's, you know, it gets me fired up, man. It gets me passionate. Um, you know, it's the small things in my life today um, that I used to, you know, not even consider being important. And they, they're what keeps me going yeah. every day, man. Subtle differences. Um, something that, uh, something that is, has been a constant um, for me that I've, you know, I'm coming to a deeper understanding of it every day is, is the way that I view um, stuff that I need to improve on, mm -hmm. right? So, you know, and, and what makes me think about it is, 
is earlier how we were talking about, you know, wanting, wanting to put on this persona, you know, quote unquote, be good enough for other people to be accepted to, you know, get recognition, get respect, look good in the eyes of others to mm. feel good about ourselves. Mm. Um, that was my story for, mm. for throughout all my active mm-hmm. addiction. Um, you know, being that, you know, I wanted to be that party animal. Mm. I wanted all my boys to think I was the craziest dude, mm. you know, but then I also wanted everyone in my family to think I was, you know, doing really good in school and staying on top of everything and, and setting myself up to be, you know, very successful once I graduated college. Right. Um, and so trying to find that balance, um, you know, and, and in those moments being by myself, just having those thoughts, mm. um, you know, just like you said, man, having all those thoughts run through your head, cause all these emotions, but what really happened? Mm. Nothing happened. Mm. It, it was all, all in, in the mind. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, this process of recovery, man, mm. has, you know, the way that I was taught to live in this process of recovery. Um, by my predecessors, by mm-hmm. guys like you, by mm-hmm. people who show um, by example. You know, the way that I live has now caused me today when I have thoughts about stuff that I need to improve on, today it fills me. Today it inspires me and motivates me. Right. Whereas before I would sit in those thoughts. Right. Like, oh, I'm not good enough. You know, I'll never be good enough at this. Like, oh, like, I, I, I need to do this more. Mm-hmm. Um, and it used to cause me anxiety, depression, and what would I do? Mm. Turn to substances. Mm. You know, I turned to substances literally no matter what. Right. If I felt good, perfect excuse mm. to turn to substances. Mm. Elevate that feeling. Mm-hmm. If I had a reason to celebrate, oh yeah, I'm definitely using substances. I'm yeah. getting big high, mm. big drunk. But if I just did something that was horrible and no one would ever want to celebrate what I just did... Mm just as much of a reason for me to turn to substances yeah um so it it really did not matter at all um you know what what was going on externally Mm. because internally i had those feelings of oh i'm you know there's so much stuff in my life that i could be doing better right right, and the difference is you know i've i've heard in this process man you know you can't you can't think your way into a new way of living. You have to live your way into new into a new way of thinking. True. And it, taking it one day at a time, doing one thing to get me one step closer to one of my goals throughout, you know, these almost past two years, mm-hmm. man, it's got me to the point where my whole thought process has changed yeah. of stuff that I need to improve in my life rather than that causing me those feelings of anxiety, fear, depression, when I think to myself, oh, I need, I need to do better at this, right. it gives me a sense of purpose. Right. And it allows me to, you know, have a reason to wake up tomorrow because I know no matter how good I am today, mm-hmm. no matter how much clean time I have today, no matter how good my relationships are in my life today, mm-hmm. it can all be better. Yeah. It can all keep getting better one day at a time. Yeah. Um, and that shit's crazy. Right. <laughs> I, I've never in a million years thought that... that let alone any of that stuff was important or mm-hmm. worth discussing. Yeah. You know, back when I was getting high, man, if, if you would come up to me and try to have this conversation right. that we're having right now, right. I probably would have left. Yeah. You know, like, what the hell? Yeah, yeah. What dude. a waste of time. Yeah, I talked to you later, though. <laughs> yeah, you kept it moving, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, I probably would say, all right, man, good for you, man. Go, yeah. go find someone else that shares that, you know, right. that interest. Right. Um, and it's just, you know, you talk about how much you love this thing, man. Like, mm. you know, I love 
recovery and my life mm. because of what recovery has given me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I know. I know. One of the things, man, that drives me personally is um, you mentioned purpose, right? You know, what, why do I do all of this, right? Why, you know, and when I say all of this, I'm talking about reading. I'm talking about, um, you know, talking to people on the phone, one on one, showing up in front of the room, a room full of people, most of the time strangers, sharing your story, you know. Um, the reason that um, it makes me feel good is it makes it, it really does make me feel as if um, I've been gifted to do something, man, to help other people. Yeah. Because one of the things, man, that will shake me out of my oh, woe is me moments that I have sometime is doing something for somebody else, right? You know, I talk to a lot of people, and this is every day, right? I got six amazing men, man, who um, have gifted me with walking them, walking them through the 12 steps of this process, right? A network of people who like to call and talk recovery, doing exactly what we're doing right now. And when I'm doing this, or I'm speaking with them, or I'm speaking in front of a room full of people or whatever, um, life seems okay no matter what's going on, right? And I have to put in that caveat of no matter what's going on because for the moment I'm in the solution and the solution is talking openly and honestly about what's going on with you you know who are you how'd you get here how are things right for the most part really really well in your life how did that happen and talking about that stuff and seeing people mm, kind of look at you with that perplexed look like really so yeah. you're, you're, what you're saying Anthony is telling the truth right helps that much it really does as we say man you know honesty is the antidote to our disease thinking you can't help me man if I'm talking to you man you know um, with half truths and and bits and pieces of the story or not talking about you know the part I play in situations and circumstances you know how, how, how do you help me man when you don't really know the whole truth right and Trust me, the truth is not always easy to come by, mm. right? Let's, let's make light of it for a quick second, right? If, if, if your significant other asks you, oh, you know, do you like this? You like this dress? And what if you don't really like it, <laughs> right? How do, you, how, do, how do you handle that truth, right? right? Uh. You know, it's not, it's not an easy thing sometimes. Right? How do you, how do you tell somebody, man, who um, you think is coming off a little bit closed-minded and unwilling to take some simple suggestions to change their life, man, who basically are suffering from what we call around the room the disease of know-it-allism, and they're trying to tell you how to stay clean, and they can't stay clean. Mm. How do you give them some simple suggestions and tell them, dude, you're going to have to make more of a commitment to this process, right? You're going to have to try to do a little bit more of trying to understand and stop worrying about being understood so much, mm. right? You're going to have to give, you know, this process an opportunity, man, right, to teach you some new things, right? Some very, very basic and simple new things. Like sometimes you might want to not talk as much and do a little bit more listening, Right, that wasn't an easy thing for a person, man, like myself. Like I told you in the beginning, I had a college degree before I started 
dabbling in mind and mood altering substances, right? So guess what, man? When I come around the rooms, I'm thinking I just got a drug problem, man. I'm not trying to hear all of this extracurricular stuff, man, and <laughs> sponsorship and meetings and 90 and 90 and literature right, and all right. of that. What are you talking about, man? Help me stop getting <laughs> high, right? Yeah. And that's the reason why, again, open-mindedness is a spiritual principle that we cannot do a without man in mm. this process you know these spiritual principles they travel right i don't care whether you're in the recovery process i don't care whether you're walking around in life it's important to tell the truth be open right and be willing yeah. right to do something different if things are going awry in your life right that's the reason that i love this recovery stuff as they say so much man is because again this is stuff, man, right? We needed stuff like this, right, that affects and helps every area of our life. Because make no mistake about it, I have a disease that touches any and everything in my life, yeah. right? And that's why it's important, man, for me, you know, um, like I said, man, to carry this message to others. Because guess what, man? If I'm sitting around somewhere having these conversations, man, you know, I get just as much out of it as the person who thinks yeah. that I'm giving them some information is getting. Yeah. And I love that about this thing, you know what I'm saying? Because there have been times, man, when a quote-unquote newcomer, right, let's just say someone, man, with less than 30 days in the process, man, if you're listening, right, I'm not talking about just hearing them, but if you're listening, there's some reminders of what they're going through, man, that will help you on your journey. I don't care how long you've been around here. Yeah. I always have to remain teachable, man. And I'm not talking about getting perfect. This isn't about a, a, a get perfect program. This is a get better program. And Absolutely. I, and, and make no mistake about it, man. We get so much better, man, when we put the madness down, man, and start making healthier choices, man. Yeah, for sure. I love how you say that, man. Dude, I uh, always like sharing about how, you know, some of the most life-changing, inspirational, you know, meaningful things that I hear is from people, just like you said, man, with less than 30 days in a detox, when I go there and share my story and speak there. Um, you know, it's it's what I need man, yeah. to hear that, to bring me back. And yeah. it also inspires me, man, when uh I like when I when I go and speak at this. I got a detox that I speak at nice. uh, regularly now, low service position. Nice. And um, man, when I go, my my favorite thing to say is to thank them. You know, my favorite thing to do is say, "Hey, I just want to say to all of you, I'm so grateful for you being here." Um, and you know, it's one of my favorite things, right? Because they kind of kind of perk up and look at me. Mm -hmm. You know, they look at me confused. Mm -hmm. They're like, "Wow, why the hell is he thanking us for being in detox?" Mm -hmm. You know, it's probably you know maybe they no one ever told them that. Mm -hmm. You know, thanks for being in detox mm -hmm. because them being in there, you know, shows that they have a little hope for a new way of life for them. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in there, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, people can get it twisted and say, like, oh, some people are in detox because, you know, the court. Okay, well, you know, they could be in jail, mm -hmm. but they chose to go to detox. So that means they have a little hope that detox is better than jail. Mm -hmm. So, you know, mm -hmm. maybe that little bit of hope that is better than jail can turn into hope that the program then becomes better than the way of life. Right. Um, it's it's something that I, you know, people say a lot of times, man, like, 
you know, some people were forced into into the rooms, mm-hmm. right, through the judicial system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my take on that is, you know, like, no, they weren't. Mm-hmm. They chose to mm-hmm. because they saw it as a better alternative. Mm-hmm. They had hoped that it was a better alternative than what would have happened if they didn't. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, if you're if you're going to go to jail, if you don't do something, you know, that's still a choice mm-hmm. to do that thing to prevent you from having to go to jail. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I think about it all the time, man. I used to say stuff, right? I used to say stuff like, oh, man, I can't make that meeting, right? I have work. And someone else would say to me, you know, it's a, pre- a predecessor said to me one time, and I actually got mad at them. I actually got a little bit pissed off. They mm-hmm. said, oh, okay, so you're choosing not to go. And I was like, what are you talking about? He was like, it's okay, I understand. You're choosing not to go to that meeting. And I was like, man, it's not a choice. Like, I have work. Like, that's my job. And he was like, is anyone forcing you to go to work instead of that meeting? It's a choice. You know, I put, I was putting priority over it, but I, I couldn't see it that way. You know, I couldn't, you know, think about it in that, in that light. Um, man, because I used to think so much of the stuff throughout my life, you know, wasn't, wasn't really a choice. Um, you know, I used to feel like there was there was stuff that I had to do, stuff that I had to prioritize over others. Mm. Um, but a big thing, man, is is this program has shown me that. So, so back to the whole thing of, mm. of speaking at the detox, right, man. When uh, when I go in there and and see people in detox, man, it brings me right back. Yeah. You know, when I was in detox, when I when I was in rehab, um, going through those same feelings, mm-hmm. um, and how you how you were saying earlier, man, there's so much. Uh, different about us mm. like when I'm looking around at, at faces in a meeting or, or in a detox you know a lot of times it's a lot of different people from all over with very different experiences yeah. but just like you <clears throat> said man those underlying feelings yeah are they bring us so much closer and make us so much similar yeah. than any of the external differences could mm. make us yeah yeah you, you know earlier I was talking about you know the the, the, the energy presence yeah. Right. When I'm talking about, you know, this relationship, this spiritual relationship that I have in my belief system, sometimes the lesson is seeing someone, man, in um, an environment like that, right, can be a reminder of where I don't want to go back to. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. Right. There, there are all kind of ways that what I believe in uses to get my attention. Sometimes, man, it isn't. It isn't a feeling or a thought of what to do. It's what not to do or what not to do again, oftentimes for me. The thing, um, the thing I, I love about um, that environment you're talking about, man, we talk about a lot about the, um, the, the, the ultimate weapon for us is another recovering person. Yeah. Right? Right? Because... I need somebody that can relate to my experiences, man, To re- that, that can relate to my feelings and emotions that I go through as a recovering person, right? And, yeah, there's a lot of people, man, degreed people who can understand a great deal about, you know, people like you and I, right? But, but, but a lot of them at the same time can't relate, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the reason why we are each other's ultimate weapon. Right, and I love that, man. That's the reason why, again, I love just hanging around this type of energy, right? Because um, um, it makes me feel safe, for real, right? And the longer I've, you know, hung out in this process, it also lets me know that, you know, um, 
I don't have to be hung up and consumed with how you're going to receive my truth, right? My responsibility to me, for me, is to bring my truth, right? Because if I trust what I've come to believe in, I'm talking about not just paying lip service to saying that I trust or I believe. I'm talking about real faith. I'm talking about real faith in my actions, because that's the thing that I take a look at, man, on an all-day, everyday basis, man, is what's going on with my feet. Is mm. it matching up with what's coming out of my mouth? It's really important yeah, yeah. for me, man. It really is. Because, again, I'm not talking about being perfect here. There are times, man, where, you know, quote-unquote, the next right thing don't come so easily. Right? Sometimes, yeah, I want to go left. Right? I really do. Sometimes I, I do want to cut a corner here or there or whatever. But what happens when you develop this relationship with you, right? You feel that stuff later on, right? Like, like man, why did I do that? Yeah. Right? I'm talking about developing a healthy relationship with you because you are important too, yeah. right? We work all hard to, you know, um, get healthy relationships with the world around us or whatever. How about getting a healthy relationship with you, right? That's really, really important, man. Um, so, so again, man, you know, the direction, man, that I like taking this stuff in, man, is it's given me a purpose, right, that I wasn't looking for, right? Yeah. Right, because, again, we're talking about a, a spoiled, self-centered, egotistical only child, man, who oftentimes, man, is thinking about, you know, how my decisions, right, my choices and decisions affect others. And once upon a time, I wasn't so consumed with all of that. Right. Right. <laughs> Again, we're talking about there, not man. just the change process. Yeah. We're talking about, you know, a, a complete, complete transformation in one's perspective. Yeah. Right. Fascinates me. Some of the decisions that I make, man, that once upon a time, it's like, wait, what? Right. What are you talking about? Go over here, man, because, you know, so-and-so needs this or whatever or it'll you know it'll help them or whatever and I'm like mm, I don't know man catch up with me later on that but this oh. process man I owe so much to bro me too man so me much too. Too, man. dude talking about uh talking about stuff like that man it's it's what I you know I catch myself in the in the exact same position man doing stuff where, uh, you know, today, because of this, you know, this program and, and what I've learned from people like you, man, is, you know, I'm literally hearing stories and, and experiences that I can then identify in my own life that I was never even aware of mm. before because I wasn't looking for them. I wasn't actively paying attention, man. Today, I catch myself, dude, the other night, caught myself, uh, you know, a, a really close friend of mine was going through something and it was 3 a.m. and, you know, phone ringing it was vibrating on my bedside table and it woke me up. I mm -hmm. thought it was my alarm. Mm -hmm. And I looked and saw that it was 3 a.m. So I was like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, someone's just, I didn't even look to see who was calling. I was like, oh, someone's trying to call me. So I rode over to go back to sleep. Mm -hmm. The moment I heard it ring a second time, you know, I know because I, I tell all my guys, like, look, man, I may not always be able to answer the phone, but if you call me twice back to back, mm -hmm. I know it's an emergency. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, cause that's, that's what my sponsor tells me. Man. Yeah. So I like, I like saying the same thing. And, you know, as soon as I saw it ring a second time, I answered, you know, went out to the living room, trying to, not to wake up my girlfriend, 
I think the door woke her up outside. Mm. You know, I had mm-hmm. felt mm-hmm. a little bad about that, but went out into the living room and just talked him through a situation he was going through. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I went back to bed, I was like, Psh, that's something I would never do. Man. Right. You know, I used to, I used to think all the time that my active addiction was only affecting me. Yeah. I used to think I was only hurting myself. Right. Talk about being self-centered. Right. You know, I would screw someone else over. And then say, oh, I'm only hurting myself because I'm the one that's almost about to OD. Mm. No, I'm the one that's about to die. No, mm-hmm. I'm the one that's going through this, doing mm-hmm. this, dealing with this, dealing with this. Never mind that I screwed you over. Mm-hmm. You don't understand. Mm-hmm. I'm only hurting myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was stuck in that mindset, man, for so long. And it was it was so sick. Yeah. Um, you know, led me into a downward spiral. I got a quick question I want to ask you. Yeah. How did, how, did, um, how did you feel after that? phone call that 3 a.m. phone call after you got off so when I first got off um, I was very distressed Mm. just because of the nature of the situation Mm -hmm. Um, and because because the nature of the situation like many things it's out of my control Mm. Um, and I you know I was distressed man I wish that there was more that I could do Mm -hmm. Um, but then then I felt really really good and it was kind of like like a peaceful peaceful feeling just knowing that you know, that's that's one more guy that knows, like, if he needs someone to talk to at a given moment, mm-hmm. he could call me. Yeah. Um, because those people, I have them in my life. Mm-hmm. So I want other people to have people they can depend on. Yeah. To pick up the phone if they need to talk through something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it definitely gave me a sense of peace, man, and, and gratitude yeah. for being put in a position to do stuff like that today. That's the um, key. It's it's really the key for me. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the key. Is, you know, we're at a place, man, where we've been gifted, right? Because trust me, when we were out there messy, when nobody calling me for help, right, right, yeah. when nobody calling me, man, you know, to to lean on, to be an ear, right, you know, I take a great deal of pride in that. Right, that I've been blessed to be in a place where it's amazing how now, you know, what once upon a time was this out of control, quote unquote, crackhead, right? That anytime anybody has any issues with alcohol or drugs or, you know, any type of erratic, messy behavior, everybody want to point him towards the crackhead now, <laughs> right? And, and, and here's the thing though, you know, That's the thing, man, that, that, that makes me feel, feel um, as if I've been gifted with mm-hmm. this purpose, right? That's the reason that I, 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 I try to carry this flag, man, in my heart, man, to the best of my ability because it could have gone so, so wrong, right? And for a lot of years it did, but in spite of me, Right. That's why. That's why. And, and you heard me say it. I think last night or whatever, man. You know, I, I I thank a higher power, man, that continues to love me, Barnes, in spite of me. Mm. Right. That's really really significant, man. Right. To know that I can just bring my truth, man, and to the best of my ability, be myself, man, and still get loved, man, by something, man, that is just carrying me. That's exciting for me, bro. It's exciting. It is. For me. <laughs> it's an exciting thing, man. It's yeah. it's an exciting way to approach life. Yeah. Um, and approach, you know, everything in recovery. Like you said, man, recovery affects all aspects of life. Um, for me, I think, 
being able to know um, that I have people in my life today, just how you said, man, that, that love me in spite of me, yeah. in spite of the things I do. Yeah. Um, if I get honest with them and get honest with myself, man, there's love there. Yeah. Um, same thing with my higher power, man. Yeah. It's it's one of the driving forces um, in my life. I like to say the opposite of my mm. active addiction mm. is connection mm. and the relationships that I've built through my higher power today. Yeah. Um, I like that. You know, learning that it really is possible yeah. to have unconditional love. Yeah. Um, you know, I, for the longest time, man, I thought based on what I was doing and based on how I could appear to others, that's how I would get love. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, for sure I knew my parents loved me unconditional, mm-hmm. um, but there were definitely times, man, where I didn't think I deserved their love. Mm. Um, you know, it's I'm, I'm so grateful for the home that I grew up in, man, the family I grew up with, mm. um, but there were a lot of times, man, where I didn't feel like I deserved it yeah. because of the way I was living it. Um, because I didn't feel, you know, happy. Like I have, you know, I came up in a loving household with two parents that were married together, still married together for, to this day. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, like why couldn't I be happy? Mm -hmm. You know, why was I turning to substances, Mm -hmm. you know, to feel good about myself? I don't deserve the love and the kindness that I was being shown because I, you know, threw Mm -hmm. it all away. Right, right. Because there was something going on inside of me that wouldn't allow me to, um, you know, to feel like I could deserve something. Oh, you was unmanageable on the inside too, huh? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big time unmanageable on the inside, man. Yeah. yeah. It's it's an awesome thing, man, to, to know. Hey, it's awesome to know that that's okay. Like, it's all right. Um, you know, it's, it's not something that I have to view as, you know, it's not something I have to um, beat myself up over. Today. Right. You know, right. I can accept it for what it is. Yeah. You know, I got the disease of addiction, and that's a that's a big part of it. Yeah. Um, you know, thinking, uh, thinking about that downward spiral, man, it's, it's, so I've, I've heard a lot of people that, you know, say, say the same thing and then, and I always relate to it when I hear it, man. Right. So I used to do fucked up things that used to bring me serious consequences, uh, both physical, mental, spiritual, um, you know, consequences with the law, consequences with my family, uh, consequences with my relationship. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, because of all that stuff, I would get all these negative feelings and then I would go do drugs and drink to avoid those feelings. Mm-hmm. But it was the drinking and the drugs that caused me to do the fucked up stuff in the first place. So then when I do, when I turn to substances to avoid those feelings, when I'm on substances, <laughs> you know what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what happens when I'm on substances. No question. I know what happens when I'm on substances. And then it's a cycle. Yeah. It's a cycle. Um, and, you know, I remember, man, I remember trying to explain that um, to someone that, you know, isn't an addict. Mm-hmm. You know, someone that doesn't really understand the disease of addiction. You're trying to explain, like, you know, I do fucked up stuff when I'm high. Then I feel guilty about it. And to avoid the guilt and the shame, I get high. And they were like, that doesn't make any fucking sense. And I'm like, I know. Mm. The disease of addiction doesn't have to make sense. Mm. But it is what it is. And uh, Makes sense to another addict, makes, Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it makes total sense to me. <laughs> makes, you know, that's, that sounds like a logical series of events to mm-hmm. me, man. It's how I, it's how I fucking did it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, man. I want to say before um, we, we, we step aside with this, man, um, two things, man, that I... I um, 
don't ever want to forget, you know, um, or anybody that's in my space when we're talking about stuff like this um, ever forgets is that this process is all about love, man. Yeah. It really it is, really is. Man. It really is, um, you know, fixing some broken scenarios, right? Because we get our families back. We get our lives back in this process, man. And um, so it's all about love. And the last thing, man, is... I just want to make sure that I keep up front, man, that there is absolutely nothing, nothing in this world so bad that using won't make worse. Mm. I got to keep that up front in my life. And as long as I keep that up front in my life and the willingness to put the footwork, man, to keep my life, man, going in a positive direction, man, all will be well. All will be well. All will be well. <laughs> I appreciate that's this, amazing, man. man. Thank you so Absolutely, much. Absolutely, man. man. I appreciate the invite, man. Fantastic way to wrap things up, man. Absolutely. Thank you oh, for yeah. having me, bro. I appreciate Absolutely, it. man. Yeah. Alrighty. Thanks to everyone who tuned in, and I uh, hope everyone has a blessed day, blessed week, and uh, tell yourself you're worth it because uh, you are. So, catch you guys next Sunday.